Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com is an email address. Ratchet Book Club is where you can find me on Twitter. You can become a Patreon member at patreon.com backslash single simulcast. And you can buy me a book or a movie at buymeacoffee.com backslash single simulcast. You can leave a review with Podchaser. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Casts. Just let me know where you left it at. So I was actually thinking about this, like the how this second book seems to be. Well, it's it's obviously about the murder mamas because it's called Telling the Murder Mamas. But um, are they going to do this for everybody? You know, are they going to go back and do one for money? Are, are they going to go back and do one for, uh, I know that at some point they're going to do one for Carter Diamond, not young Carter, but the other Carter, uh, the one who got murdered. Um, they might do one for young Carter too, from when he was in Flint. Um, I just, I feel like withholding growth or withholding information for, these characters so then you can write a fleshed out book for them later on is kind of like you giving me a piece of steak and then saying don't worry the rest of the steak the bigger cut of the steak is coming in six years and and you'll be able to eat your fill then of this steak like i want this steak now you know i don't i don't i, I may not make it six years i don't want to wait I'm not going to sing it, but I know you are thinking it. Um, And so that concerns me. Also, I want to see how well they're able to jump back and forth, because even if they didn't mean to establish the story, they obviously did. They've established the story. So now they got to jump back and forth between me and Moore's story and what Zaire and Mecca are doing and Breeze and all that. And it, it might be kind of a you know, kind of jolting, but we'll see. Chapter two, Mia Moore, 1995. Sitting in the bottom of my closet, I shook uncontrollably. The stench of piss was strong in the air and my hands covered my ears trying to block out the screams. I was terrified. My heart beat uncontrollably and I closed my eyes from fear. I wished I could disappear and avoid the tragedy that was my life. But I couldn't. I relived this nightmare every night. 
As soon as my mother left the house, I knew what would take place. The molestation, the screams, the feelings of helplessness. It always happened at the same time. Like clockwork at 1 a.m., he came like a thief in the night. No matter how much we avoided it, no matter how many times we begged our mother not to stay the night away from home, nothing ever saved us. She always said no. The bitch made us stay there with him, and even though we cried and pleaded, her answer was always no. If she didn't know what was going on, she should have. The shit was happening under her own roof, so I can never give her the benefit of the doubt. Fuck her too. She invited him into her home and unknowingly into her daughter's bed. He was always there, with a fucking grin on his face. We were trapped, and our fates were inevitable. My sister, Anissa, was the victim, and our stepfather, Perry, was the bastard who shattered our childhood. Lollipops and daisies were never a part of our world. All we knew was pain and corruption. It seemed as though abuse and neglect were the only constants in our lives. All we had was each other, and whenever he snatched Anissa from her bed, I always felt her pain. Please stop. Please, it hurts, Anissa screamed. Tears stained my cheeks. I could hear my sister crying, but I couldn't do anything. I wished that we could switch places. That was how much I loved her. I knew the pain that she went through and would take it all for her if I could, but I couldn't. He never chose me. It was always her. She was 14 and budding into womanhood early, while I was only 12 and still composed of all elbows and knees. There wasn't a curve to my body, so he ignored me mostly, but he violated Anissa, which meant he violated me. I'm going to break in real quick and say that they didn't have to write any of this, because in the first book, which everybody should have read if they're reading the second book, he they already detailed, or didn't detail, but they laid out how he was molesting Anissa until uh, Mia Moore shot him and killed him, because their mom didn't believe it. They don't have to go into this detail. This is pretty graphic, and, and, and I'm... Yeah, I'm feeling overwhelmed. But, yeah. I could hear the bed creaking from the other room. The headboard banging against the wall as a constant reminder of the atrocity that was happening behind closed doors. We wanted to tell someone, but who would believe us? Perry was smart. He made sure that he never hit Anissa. He never even left a mark. The sucking he did on her premature breast was done lightly as to not leave any sign of trespass. We were scared, always walking around on eggshells and feeling like strangers in our own house. The knocking of the headboard against the wall stopped, and I knew it was finally over. I waited in the bottom of the closet just as Anissa instructed me to. She always told me to hide and not come out until she came for me. The closet door creaked open and there stood my big sister. Her hair was wild and her eyes were red from crying. I took her hand and led her into the hallway bathroom. I was used to this routine. She never liked to talk afterwards, and she never looked me in the eye. I knew she was ashamed, but what she didn't know was that I was ashamed too, because I just sat there and let it happen to her. I locked the bathroom door and ran a tub full of steaming bath water. Anissa got right in, ignoring the sting of hot water against her bare skin. She hugged her legs to her chest 
and I rubbed her hair gently while we both cried silently as she scrubbed her sins away. They weren't her sins. They, they weren't her sins to scrub away. I know that they didn't mean it like that, but still, when you write something like that, you got to be really careful. You got to be careful about what you're in the context of this whole thing. You got to be careful about how you write these things. The next day when I awoke, Anissa was already out of her bed. I knew our mother was home because I could hear the sounds of Tina Marie blaring throughout the house. Walking into the bathroom, I saw Anissa leaned over the toilet, gasping for air. What's wrong, niece? I asked. Nothing, Mia Moore. Get out. Go and get ready for school, she said. She barely got the words out before she was throwing up again. I'm going to get Mama, I said. I had never been one of those tattletelling little kids, but I didn't know what else to do. I could tell from the way Anissa was sprawled all over the toilet that she needed more help than I can offer. No, she yelled, grabbing my arm to stop me from leaving the bathroom. She wiped her mouth at the back of her sleeve and began to cry. Anissa, what's wrong? I asked. Anissa couldn't stop crying. The deep sob that escaped her lips was a cry that was too mature for such a little girl. The cry signified what she had endured and the things her young eyes had seen before their time. She lifted up her shirt and I noticed a slight bulge in her belly. It wasn't big at all, but my sister was naturally skinny. Her stomach had always been pancake flat, so the bump seemed out of place on her. I wondered how I could have missed it. I had seen Anissa naked plenty of times, and I had even noticed she had gained a little bit of weight. But the thought of pregnancy never even crossed my young mind. I was naive and green to the game. For months, Perry had been raping my sister, and neither of us ever thought of the possibility of a baby. I'm pregnant, Mia, she cried. I don't know what to do. I told him no. He wouldn't stop. We have to tell, I said. Mia Moore, no. I don't want anyone to know, Anissa whispered as she grabbed my arm, her teary eyes desperately searching mine as if I could solve this problem. I have to get rid of it. You have to promise me you won't say a word. I nodded my head. But tears filled my eyes as I watched Anissa lower her shirt. She was pregnant at 14 by our mother's husband. My mother knocked on the door. I hope y'all ready for school. You better get your asses dressed so you can catch this bus. I wanted to open the door and tell my mother everything that we had been through. But Anissa was still gripping my hand. Don't say anything, okay? As badly as I wanted to tell, I couldn't. I trusted my sister and was loyal to her. If she wanted me to keep this secret, then I would. I wiped my eyes, flushed the toilet, and sprayed air freshener in the air before opening the door. We dressed in silence and headed off to school, our souls heavy and our minds on problems that we were both too young to truly comprehend. Brooklyn born and raised, we kept to ourselves. It was only Anissa and I. We weren't clicked up like some of the other bitches in our borough. We had already been jumped on twice behind some beef that Anissa had caught with some girls from her high school, so I learned quickly to stay bladed up. I had seen Anissa put a razor blade in her mouth and carry it around all day without taking it out. I had cut my shit up a couple times trying to be like her, and when they caught us both slipping, 
She finally taught me how to tuck a blade away in my mouth just in case I ever needed it. We knew the spots that these girls hung around, and we usually avoided those paths at all costs, just out of unnecessary conflict. So when Anissa hit a left and headed up towards her block, I stopped mid-step, not knowing why she would walk right into an ass-whooping. Again, we went through all of this. She told us what happened. So you're going to go into detail, and I really don't want to read that, but I have to read it. But golly... Nisa, what are you doing? You know that if we go that way, we're going to have to fight. You're pregnant, niece. We can't fight them girls off right now, I said. I know. I don't want to win the fight. I just want to fight, Anissa said with a determined look in her eyes. I didn't understand at that moment what she was getting at, but I soon found out. What? I asked in confusion, looking at her like she was half stupid. Look. I've got to get this baby out of me, Mia Moore, and I can't tell Mama. I'm too young to go to a doctor and get an abortion by myself. I know this girl who was pregnant, but she got her ass beat and lost the baby. I got to do this, Mia Moore. This is the only way. You go to Safeway. Get on the bus and go to school. I'll see you when you get home, she said. She hugged me and pushed me in the other direction. Reluctantly, I walked away confused. My heart kept telling me to go back, but I always listened to Anissa no matter what. I had to roll with her plan. We were both so naive to think that this homemade method of abortion was the way to go. We had no idea how dangerous it was or the damage that Anissa was doing to her body. I headed to school, but the thought of my sister fighting alone ate me up inside. After walking four blocks towards the bus stop, I turned around and ran full speed back towards Anissa. It was the first time I had ever disobeyed her. I knew she would be mad, but I couldn't stand the thought of her fighting without me by her side. That's how we were. Where one went, the other followed, and no matter what she said, I couldn't let her go through this alone. I ran as fast as I could, nearly out of breath when I reached a crowd of girls. I saw the group of girls jumping on Anissa, and surprisingly, she wasn't even trying to fight back. They were stomping her out under the overpass of the train, and my heart ached when I saw them kicking her repeatedly in her stomach and back. I pulled my blade without thinking twice. They were so focused on Anissa, they didn't even see me coming. Bitch! I brought my blade up and sliced one of the girls across her face, then started throwing mad punches to anyone within arm's reach. Those bitches were twice my size. My little fist didn't do much damage. But with my sneak surprise, I had the advantage. As soon as they realized I was there, it was a wrap. It was one of the worst ass whoopings I had ever taken, but it didn't matter. I was there with Anissa. We took that ass whooping together. The sound of police sirens blaring caused a group of girls to scatter, leaving Anissa lying on the ground and me kneeling beside her with a bloody lip. I told you to go the other way, Anissa groaned as I helped her up. She was lumped up and bruised. The police officer approached us and hopped into his car. What? The police officer approached us and hopped into his car. Didn't even say a police officer got out of his car. Okay, I guess they mean we hopped into his car. Alright, whatever. The police officer approached us and we hopped into his car. He escorted us home. 
where our mother threw a fit and sent us to our room. We both sat impatiently looking at each other, waiting naively for something to happen. Hours passed before Anissa doubled over in pain. I think it's happening, Mia, she whispered, her face contorted in pain. What? What do I do? I asked. Ah! Mia Moore, I think something's wrong, Anissa agonized as she held her lower stomach and crouched down at the side of her bed. A small spot of blood showed through her jeans, but slowly grew to a large stain in between her legs. Anissa, what do I do? I asked. I was panicked. It was the most blood I'd ever seen. It was like her period, but ten times worse, and she was sweating profusely. Her hands were shaking in trepidation. I need to go to the bathroom, she said as she took her jeans off and put them in a plastic bag. I helped her across the hall and locked the door. As soon as she sat down, she opened up her mouth in pain, but no sound came out. She stood, and blood was dripping between her legs, her thighs stained and crimson. The toilet was filled with it, and it looked like blood clots had fallen out of Anissa. What do I do? What do I do? I asked, my voice cracking from concern and my eyes filling with tears. I knew that I was in over my head and I wanted to go run for our mother, but I had promised. And even at such a young age, my word was all I had. I never broke for anybody. Word? For real? Okay. I don't know, she said as she was racked with more pain. Anissa sat on the toilet as her premature body violently miscarried her baby. I held her hand tightly as if she was bringing life into the world instead of flushing one down the toilet. I couldn't say anything. It wasn't my decision to make and it was already done. So all I could do was be there for my sister. She didn't ask to be in that situation. Perry had put her in it before her time. So I didn't judge her for wanting to get rid of it secretly. Anissa was weak and could barely stand. So I helped her to our room and cleaned up the mess. I gave her two of our mother's pain prescriptions and washed her up before she fell asleep. This was the first time that I was grateful for my mother's ignorance. I didn't want her to come in and find out what we had done. Just as I went to throw away the bloody towel, my mother was coming up the steps. Where did all that blood come from, she asked. I, um, I, it was from the fight. I got cut and had to clean it, I lied. Oh well, that just serves you right for fighting in the first place, she said. I was coming to tell you and your sister that I'm off to work. Perry will be home in about an hour. Come lock the door behind me. I followed her to the door, and once she was gone, I raced back up to Anissa. She was still asleep. I lay beside her and we wrapped our arms around each other. I knew that we had to get out of that house. Even at such a young age, I was aware of danger. I just felt it in the pit of my stomach that things were never going to get better. With Perry around, we would never feel safe. And Anissa had just went through hell just to hide what he was doing to her. I wanted out. I wanted something better for both me and Anissa. And I promised myself that once we broke free, we would never look back. I awoke when I felt the bed sink down on Anissa's side. But I didn't open my eyes. I already knew it was Perry. I recognized a familiar scent. It made me gag, 
and I felt a burning at the back of my throat. I hated him for what he had done to Anissa. I knew what he wanted, and I froze out of fear. I lay there stiff as a board, playing possum. I prayed that this night wouldn't be like all the others. It was this night that made me lose faith in God, because if there truly was one, he would have surely intervened. God would have protected us, saved us. No, stop, I heard Anissa say. Please, just not tonight. I can't, she cried. I had never heard her sound so weak, and I squeezed my eyes tightly as my heart beat out of my chest. Please, God, help her, I pleaded. But just like all the other times, God never came. Perry pulled Anissa by the arm, but I got up and pulled her other arm. She said no, I screamed. Perry stopped and looked at Anissa with a menacing smirk. It's either you or her. That was a choice he gave her. I trembled, and Anissa looked back at me while gripping her stomach. I could tell she was still in pain. Tears fell down her face. She hugged me and whispered, Everything will be alright, Mia. Go to the closet and wait for me to come and get you. No, I said defiantly my tears no longer willing to hide. I'll do it, Anissa. He can take me this time. Snot dripped down my nose as Perry forcefully grabbed me from the bed, carrying me out of the room by my waist, kicking and screaming. No! Let her go! Anissa screamed as she fought him. Please, stop it! She's too young! Perry turned around and backhanded Anissa into the wall and threw me to the ground. Bitch! Get your ass up and let's go, he yelled at her. I crawled over to Anissa and we huddled in the corner. Anissa, please don't go, I whispered. Perry loomed over us as he unbuckled his pants and pulled out his oversized penis. Me and Moore, go get in the closet, Anissa whispered. I shook my head no. Just do it, she yelled in between her tears. Anissa left with Perry and I climbed into the closet, covering my ears while crying uncontrollably. This had to stop. I couldn't understand why it was happening to my sister. It all seemed so unfair. Ah! The scream sent shivers up and down my spine. I had never heard my sister scream like that. Something was different this time. She needed me. Ah! No, it hurts, please! I thought of all the blood I had seen earlier. All of it had come out of Anissa. I never wanted her to go through that again. I couldn't just sit there and do nothing. I ran out of the closet and into my mother's room. Anissa was lying there with a pool of blood underneath her while Perry was on top, humping furiously like a dog in heat. It was a sight that petrified me. I thought he was killing her. Get off of her! I yelled as I rushed at him and began hitting him. I felt his hand cross my face as he backhanded me to the floor, his wedding ring leaving an imprint in my face. Mia Moore, help me, Anissa cried. I ran as fast as I could to the downstairs closet. I knew it was where my mother kept her shotgun. She didn't know that I knew, but I did, and I needed it more than she ever would. Mia! I closed my eyes at the blood-curdling cry. Anissa needed me. 
I pulled out the double barrel shotgun, but couldn't find the shells as I looked frantically, hands shaking, as I could barely hold up the big gun. Tears clouded my vision as I ran into the kitchen. The headboard was banging loudly against the wall, creating a sickening scene in my head as I pictured Perry molesting Anissa. I tore every drawer out of the cabinets before I sent a box of shells scattering across the floor. My shaky hands barely allowed me to load them into the chamber. I had played with the gun long enough to know how to use it with expertise. I was only able to load one shell in. I couldn't waste any more time trying to load any more than that. I raced up the stairs and burst into the room. Anissa's hand was outstretched for me as Perry was on top of her. She needed me. I lifted the shotgun and fired. The blast sent me flying back against the wall. Perry grabbed his chest as the buckshot filled him. His chest looked like Swiss cheese, and he tried to gasp for air. Anissa jumped out of the bed, blood dripping from her womb down her legs. But before she could reach me, she collapsed. My heart felt as if it was going to burst. I had never been so afraid in my entire life. I picked up the telephone and dialed 911. Hello, 911 operator, what's your emergency? I was out of breath and I breathed into the phone as I watched Perry's life slip away before my eyes. He, he raped my sister. I shot him. Please, we need help. I then crawled over to Anissa and put her head in my lap. It's going to be okay, niece. They're coming. I sat in the room with my sister until help arrived. I wouldn't leave her side until she opened her eyes. I got him, Anissa. He won't hurt us anymore, I said when she finally looked at me. Anissa didn't respond, but from the look in her eyes, I knew that she had heard me. Once the police arrived and I told them what happened, they handcuffed me and put me in the back of a police car. I knew that I was in trouble and would probably be going away for a while, but Anissa was safe, and that's all that mattered. I would have done the same thing if I had to do it over again. Nobody could hurt us anymore, and I felt that it was worth it. So, when I went before a judge and told him that I would do the same thing, he said that I had no remorse and was a menace to society. He remanded me to a juvenile facility till my 18th birthday. Bitch-ass nigga. After getting the news, I looked at my mother and she had tears in her eyes, but I knew they were for Perry and not for me. I rolled my eyes at her and then turned to Anissa and smiled. I love you, niece, I mouthed. I love you too, Mia Moore. Thank you, she mouthed back as sincere tears streamed down her face. First of all, I'm not reading another fucking chapter. Not today. That's too much. That's that's more than enough because you're going to tell me that this young girl who you the police come in, they do a test on this girl who's been raped. They see that she's literally bleeding down her legs. They see that he's got blood all over himself. Like they they can tell everything that happened. You could see that this little girl was protecting her older sister from being assaulted by this man that they told you has been assaulting them. And you send this girl away for six years and call her a menace to society? This is how we're playing it? This is how they wrote the book. So, there's this their decision. And I, 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 it's their prerogative, it's their book, but it doesn't, 
change the fact that this is heartbreaking and it's just yeah yeah I don't want to do this anymore felt the same way with Horson feel the way now and I know that I have more I have to read it it's just only like the second chapter of the book and I know it's going to get better from here because Perry's dead but yeah 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, leave reviews on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, whatever. Thank you so much for listening. Become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Help me buy books at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Yeah. I'll be good. I'll holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.